Well, happy Australia Day weekend. What a, what a weekend. There's no front row here. You're way at the back. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to move. No, I can't move. Cause of All right. I'll stay here. Well, it's a fabulous weekend, and I hope you found some barbecues or some friends or some, something just to celebrate uh, the goodness of God in our country. Well, I want to talk about a party, because we like parties, right? Did you know that God is into parties? Right throughout the Old Testament, they had parties, like just so many gatherings together, and it wasn't just a, a polite religious gathering, you know, where you sort of do good things, and it's not like sort of church for a long time. This, this was party, one of, the, one of the biggest parties they had was called the Feast of Booths. It means tents. It means they, they, they came from all over the country to the, to the capital, Jerusalem, and they, and they all slept in tents. Now, not just because there was no room at the end, it's a different story. This is when they, they remembered what it was like to wander in the wilderness thousands of years beforehand. So God did this incredible thing and rescued his people. But what they did was that they, they had to live in tents for 40 years. So to remember the goodness of God, every year they'd have this thing called the Feast of Booths where they'd all come and they'd, they'd make uh, you know, huts and like makeshift places to remember what it was like when, when the Israelites first got out of the land of Egypt. Does that make sense? So for seven days, they had a party. Now, I don't think we do parties so well here. Like even a wedding for us is sort of one day, right? You know, but, but back then, the, the wedding feast would go for weeks. It's like think of a, of a Greek wedding or something. Well, just, just something that would, would just go on and on and it would involve the whole community. So, so just picture everybody gathering together, food and wine and <clears throat> feasting. And it was called uh, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. Now, this happened when Jesus was around. It's kind of a funny story. This is in John 7. And uh, what, I'll just summarize the first bit of John 7 for you. Um, Jesus lived up in the north of the country. And, and this place in the capital city was in the south. And it was, it was a few days' walk. No XPT or Bathurst Bullet back then. They had to walk. So his family go, Jesus, are you coming to the party? And Jesus, no, not yet, no. My time's not ready yet. And they go, what, Jesus? So Jesus stayed back. All of his family went down. But do you know what? Halfway through the party, he actually came. He didn't want to make a big show of it, but he, but he turns up in this party, trying to avoid publicity, possibly. But, but in, in the middle of this feast in the temple, he starts to talk. He starts to preach. He starts to gather a crowd. And he's pretty controversial. Because he's talking about how he was God and, and all the things that the, the religious people at that time didn't like. And it's sort of a lot of arguments, a lot of kind of just misunderstandings. But, but then on the last day, something happens. And Jesus starts to proclaim something of significance. And he says this on the last day. It's so John seven thirty seven, The last day of the feast, the great day. Jesus stood up and cried out. It's like he finds a soapbox. He says, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's so significant. I've been trying to talk to you all week, but, but look, there's just one thing I really want to tell you. So he stands up and 
and cries out. This is not just Jesus teaching off on the side, you know, even though they know that they want to kill him. They, he just goes, hey, I want you to listen to this. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, now what I want you to see here, now this, this feast had a special part of it where every day they draw this water out of a sacred well and there's lots of symbolism around this. And so there's this water flowing, there's water in the wilderness, you know, but there's also the, the pool of Siloam and this kind of sacred water that they'd bring up and symbolize. And I bet Jesus is watching this and going, that's, that's not the right water. <laughs> like, that's not going to satisfy. He goes, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, like if anyone is needy, if you want something more on the inside of you, I'm your man. Come to me and drink. And I bet they're going, man, has he got slushies? I mean, what has he got? Has he got wine? Is it like Coke? What is he talking about? Come, he says, come to me and, and drink. And it's the same now. If anyone is thirsty, they should come and drink. I mean, are, are you thirsty at the start of the year? Are you needy on the inside? Are, are you feeling a lack of something? Because actually only the life of God on the inside of us can really help us. And we turn to all kinds of things, don't we, our, our society. We can all kinds of substances, you know, legal and illegal. We, could, we, we, we fix our eyes on some kind of other hope. We, we grab at something thinking that, that maybe this is the thing that will help me through this year. You might look at 24 and go, oh, this is big. There's lots going on. I'm not sure if I've got what it takes. It's a bit like watching the test cricket last night. Anyone? All right. I am fascinated by this struggle between the West Indies amateur team and Australia in the heat, humidity of the Brisbane Gabba. Like, and there's this tussle. And I reckon they're falling just like, isn't that what life is like? It's like, you just, you just got to keep going. Sometimes you just got to focus. But, but, but we fall short, right? How many times have you fallen short? And you go, I just don't have what it takes. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat or I'm going to drink something. Or I'm going to take something or I'm going to consume myself with work. Or I'm just going to have a holiday. We turn to all these things to try and fill the substance on the inside. But Jesus says, if anyone's thirsty, what? Let him come to me and drink. What is it to thirst? How do you, how do you, how do you drink from Jesus? I mean, it's kind of odd, isn't it? Like It's not like he's standing there with refreshments. What does it mean? Well, the Psalms are a really good space for this. So many psalms. David, who wrote so many psalms, modeled this. He continually looked to Jesus. Here's a great psalm, Psalm 25. Think of coming to Jesus. It says this in Psalm 25, verse 1. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. 
Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation and for you I wait all the day long. That is the language of someone who's thirsty. You see it? That's the language of David, even though he was a king and a wealthy king and had everything going for him. He had this thirst. He just wanted God every time. So if we go back to verse 1 of Psalm 25, I love this. Can you picture this in the morning? Can you picture this waking up and looking at your day and maybe feeling like, oh, that's right, I'll do that. Then, then I'll do that. And then, and, and before you've even got out of bed, you're feeling it, right? But what does David do? He says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. It's like, Lord, before I even do anything, have my soul. I lift up my entire inner world to you. I trust in you. He says, and, and verse 4 is just so amazing. Make me to know your ways. It's like, I, I want to know your ways, Lord. I, I want to I know your paths. I want to know your truth. Lead me. Teach me. And I wait all the day long. I've got this beautiful picture of somebody who's just waiting on God all the day. What does that mean? Constant connection. Like Adam, where's Adam? You're up there. That brilliant message that you preached about having Jesus next to you in the car and as you drive through the day. And, and that sense that Jesus is with you all the day. It's not just when you have a quick prayer in the morning and see you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm off to work now. I'm off to deal with the kids. I'm off to school. It's like, teach me during the day. Lead me during the day. I'm thirsty, Lord. Nothing else will satisfy. I need you on the inside of me to lead me and show me how to do this life. That's what David is talking about. Come to me and drink. You see it? I, I tell you, this is so different to religion which is just kind of doing good things and trying to be a good person, doing your best, and then we just fall over. This is so different. This is getting the life of God inside of us so that He flows out through us. And so Jesus goes on. He says, come to me and drink. It is soul restoration. It does fill us, but, but, but wait, there's more. There's life flowing out. You start to include Jesus beyond in your world. Look, look what happens. Jesus says, come to me and drink. And then he says in verse 38, whoever believes in me, like if you come to me all the time, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see it? Come to me, get consumed by me, be filled up for me. Excuse me. And then out of his heart, out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. This is the most profound thing and the most exciting way to live. So you can't have 
You can't give out what you don't have. You can't, our world is needy, right? Our world is desperate for solutions and answers. And you and I have it. But you can't, you can't give out what you don't have in here. You can't bless what you haven't been blessed with. You, you can't draw on the bank of God inside of you if there's no currency in there, right? You, you can't give and give and give if there's no flow in and in and in. So Jesus says, come to me. And then out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So if you're finding yourself dry already in January, if you're finding yourself struggling and weary and sick of it all, the only answer is not to try harder, but to absorb in, right? When you're thirsty, the only answer is to drink. If you source your thirst from here, is everlasting life. And this life will flow out in the most surprising ways that you don't even know. People turn around and go, I'm not sure what it is about you, but there's something. And this could be you in any of your contexts, you know, at home with the kids, at work, with your neighbors. So don't think that you just have to be Jesus standing in the temple and life flowing out. This is you and I in our ordinary, everyday world, life flowing out, include Jesus, beyond. Sometimes, though, we've got to kickstart this thing. Like, I don't have it anymore. I got sick of it. But I have this uh, two-stroke whippersnipper. Anyone got those things? They are the most cantankerous. I should visit you because you know what you're doing with these things. I tell you, small motors are not my thing. Well, not a big motorcycle. <laughs> but, you know, when they start to go wrong, and, and I tried to take it to the, the still man down the road, and he says, oh, it's the carby. So, yeah, it probably is the carby. Yeah, it's the carby. But he, he didn't want to fix it, and I didn't want to fix it. So, but, but to start this thing, you know what I'm talking about. Small motors, oh, my goodness. You have to prime it. Have you seen that There's a little spongy plastic bit on top? And you squeeze it a bit, and petrol comes through to the combustion chamber. I'm talking technical, right? It's as far as I go. And, after you, and then you can do the, the cord thing. And then it should go. And, and, you know, it does mostly until it goes crazy. But you see, you, you might have the greatest whippersnipper or chainsaw or lawnmower or anything that's like that. But it's useless if you don't start it and prime it, okay? So we, we, sometimes we think that God is just going to flow through me and all I got to do is just do life normally. Sometimes you, gotta, you actually got to do something to kickstart the life flowing out of you. Like if you're a farmer and you sow seeds, God, God causes the stuff to grow. I mean, you, you don't... Sit there and go, grow seed, grow seed, grow seed. I mean, you might, but it's not going to help. Actually, God causes the growth. He sends the rain and sun. And, but, but unless you put seed in the ground, it's not going to do anything. You, you can't have a crop of corn if you don't actually go and plant seeds in that corn. And, and then God brings the growth, you see. You and I have agency. You and I have a role to play in the life that flows out of us. And here's what it looks like. Micah 6.8, one of the great passages 
of Scripture. This is what life flowing out looks like. He says this, Old Testament prophet. He's told you, a man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God? That is how to prime something that kickstart a flow of Jesus from the inside out. Let's look at that. I want you to look at the verbs, doing words. He's told you what is good. We know what's good. What does the Lord want? Do justice. See the do bit? I love it. It's not just like justice or love justice or, you know, Facebook like justice. Yeah, I like justice. I'm justice guy. No, no, do. Uh, actually get involved with justice. Do it. Make something happen. That, that, that word do means to, to actually make something happen. Like Do. And the justice bit is to, to judge or to govern, to stand for what is right in the sight of God. That's what that word means. To stand up for something that's right. To do it. It's like if you see an injustice, you and I stand in a gap. So if you're at school and someone's being picked on and you know that that's unfair, you and I should go, actually, I'm going to stand up for this person in the workplace. Workplace bullies, no. Or if you see an injustice down the street, if you see something, do something. That's, that's the call to actually do. God likes it when we do justice. The Christian life isn't just about prayer and reading our Bibles. There's, there's, a, there's a sense of urgency about doing good things that cause things to grow. God likes it when we do things. Stand in the gap. It's not, it's not just being a keyboard warrior. Sometimes we think, I'll just back a cause online. It's, it's actually personally getting involved and engaged. So, so we, we do justice and we, and we love kindness. See, it's another verb. Love is not a feeling in this context. It's, it's, it's an action. Love kindness. Now, kindness is this word. I don't pretend to be a Hebrew scholar, but chesed is loving kindness. It's, it's one of those really... Like shalom, one of these really key words in the Old Testament that you'll see all through the Old Testament, that God is a God of loving kindness. You'll see it again and again. This loving kindness, this word that we can't quite uh, kind of get down in English. It doesn't have the same emphasis as chesed in, in Hebrew. But it's this beautiful word. It just means loving kindness, especially, there's a dictionary definition, especially as extended to the lowly, needy, and miserable. What kind of God cares particularly about the lowly, the needy, and the miserable? That's what Jesus did. That's what God does. There's this life flowing out in kindness. Because God is kind. We are kind. I love the community meal that's launching in a couple of weeks uh, at, at its core vision, let me read this. This is from Carolyn and her team. The vision of the community meal is to extend kindness, kindness to the Bathurst community with no strings attached. Isn't it beautiful? No strings attached. Kindness, no strings attached. Such a beautiful thing. When do you 
give kindness to your people. No strings attached. Especially to the poor, the needy, the miserable. When you go out of your way to care for those who maybe don't even deserve to be cared for. Or it's hard to care for. Or it's unpopular to care for. Or nobody will notice when you care for them. That's even better. Which leads on to the last one. To walk, another verb, humbly with your God. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. What's the deal with humility in God? See, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, right? Humility is, is lowly, submissive, and modest. It's a daily surrender to Jesus. It's, it's, a, it's a humility about the way you go about your life, that you're actually not that important. You're deeply loved and wanted and cherished. But, but we don't need to walk around with a, self of, a sense of self-importance. Our world loves to show and be public and to demonstrate and to influence. But Jesus doesn't. That's why he sneaks up to this feast. Jesus is so upside down that, that he comes to the poor and the weak and the needy and builds a kingdom out of these people. He comes to us and, and lifts us up when we don't deserve it. That's humility, isn't it? He doesn't, he doesn't champion those who have it. He champions those who don't have it. What about us? Do, do we get alongside people in all humility, out of the limelight, out of the spotlight and champion them and bless them? And humbly build them up. The, the, these things are the primer. Makes sense? These are things that we, we initiate to, to kind of get the flow going. Because I guarantee it, as soon as you start to do justice and step into something, the power of God inside of you that comes in will make a difference. This is not just empty works. This, this is the power of God working through you. When, when you start... To show kindness to people in your world, guess what will happen? The power and the life of God inside of you will, will supercharge that kindness to be a blessing. When you start to just to simply walk humbly with your God and, and have that element of humility and love and compassion, you're going to start a flow of the Holy Spirit. It's kindness when no one notices. This excites me. Why? Because I can do it doesn't depend on my effort. It just, it's just a little nudge here and look what God opens up. If it was up to me to do all these things, I'd fail again and again. But thankfully, it's actually about the life of God in me flowing through me. Is this making sense? Can I get the musos on stage? We're going somewhere here. I haven't finished the John passage. If anyone comes to me, verse 37... Rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. But verse 39 is the key. Because this he said about the Spirit, whom those who he believed were to receive. You see, he was speaking to people who didn't have access to the Holy Spirit the same way we do. Like only the prophets and the priests and kings in the Old Testament had that connection to the Holy Spirit. Like so David did. King Saul did. You know, there's people who prophesied and people who got these things. But it was just a foretaste. 
But when Acts 2 comes, when the Holy Spirit comes to the early church, boom, this is, this is the thing they've been waiting for. Let's have some music, yeah. Let's just. In fact, can you stand up? I want to pray for you in a minute. I, I, w- I want you to get a passion for this. I want you to get excited. I want you to lean into this. Because Jesus says this. It's the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were to receive for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But when He was glorified, do you know what happened? The power of God was flowing for every single believer. When Jesus went up, guess what came down? The Holy Spirit on every believer. Every believer. And guess what the early church did? They did justice, loved kindness, walked humbly with their God, and they transformed their world through life flowing out because they included Jesus beyond their own circumstance. They got excited about the possibilities of God, this this Christian life. It's like effervescent. It was bubbling over. It was flowing out. They couldn't stop it because, because the power of God inside of them was so full. What about us? What about you? Do you need the power of the Holy Spirit to meet the needs in your world beyond? Do you look at your life? Do you look at the, your family, your friends, and your work context? And do you groan and you think, oh, I don't ever have any idea of how I'm going to bless these people? But I tell you, you don't have to. You just got to get God inside of you and start small acts of kindness and mercy. And you just watch what happens. This is both individual and, and obviously together, you know, as a church, we're gearing to that. you close your eyes. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We've got time this morning. We've got time. We're going to sing this song. In a minute, I'm going to invite you down the front. If you just want to receive of the Holy Spirit, and it's like that priming thing. I just want to take a step so that the power of God would come into me. I want to make a difference this year. I want the life of God to flow out of me this year. I want to see the effects of God in my wider world this year. In a minute, while we're singing this song, I want you to come. I want you to come. I just want to stand with you and pray for you that the power of God would rest on you. It's like coming to Jesus and drinking from Him. Jesus. So Father, I thank you for the life you've given us. Lord, as we as we come, as we drink from the well that is deep, Lord, that you would fill us with such an overflow that people's lives would be blessed so much. The people would, would, would not need the substances and, and every crutch that they hold on to, but Jesus, you would be the thing that they call to. You'd be the one that they fall to. You'd be the one that they look for and, and chase after, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come. And in this moment, Holy Spirit, come and fuel us as we come to Jesus. Like the Scripture says, if anyone comes and believes, may rivers of living water flow out of them to a needy world. Come. Let's sing. And come down the front, Rowan, I'd love to just stand with you and, and pray with you for the Holy Spirit to come. Thank you. Give it the